Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach. And today, my guest is John Mendez. He, well, he has an amazing thing called Walk to Wealth. And uh, he's done the serial entrepreneur thing. He's uh, He's done podcasting. Um, he has some insights that are unique. And the reason I have him on the show is, you know, I get I get people from all kinds of backgrounds from, oh, I don't know, uh, from the police force to real estate to serious investors to mindset. And um, John has, uh, he's got a background that's kind of unique, and I want to dive into it without telling you too much more i want him to tell us the story so without without much more fanfare uh john welcome i'm so glad you're here dr wayne it's been a long time coming i'm excited to be here and i'm excited to see where our conversation takes us today yeah i'm excited about that too let's let's talk about like you're you are a serial entrepreneur you're you're younger, probably. You might be the youngest guest I've had on my show. Um, can I ask you how old you are? 21 years young. 21 years young and a serial entrepreneur already. So like, that's one of the perspectives that I want to dive into is, um, you know, you don't, you, you don't wake up one day and go, I'm going to start a business and then, you know, jump into another business and, um, you know, cascade into kind of, uh, you know, this multi-million path. Um, you have a desire at some point, you know, you're not probably born into it. So let's talk about 21 years young. Let's talk about when this started for you. And like, when did you realize, wow, I, I could actually make my path different than the people around me. Like that's a big deal, right? That's an amazing question. And so for a little bit of, I'll start with this quote before we hop back in the time machine and go back to where it all started. So the only difference between an entrepreneur and a child is that an entrepreneur knows how to run a business. That is the only difference. They're both extreme visionaries with large dreams, large aspirations, big goals, big things that most people would probably tilt their head to the side and be like, what did you just say that you wanted to do? Right. The only difference is that they know how to run a business. So, so now let's have. So here's the thing about most entrepreneurs, right? The the joke that I know about entrepreneurs is like, well, you know, I slept like a baby. I woke up every two hours wet and crying for my mommy. Um, so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> like it takes fortitude to run a business. It's not it, that's no joke. Right. So, yeah. You know, you it's like the difference between a child and an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur knows how to run a business. <laughs> a good entrepreneur, at least. Right. You do have you do have dreams, you do have aspirations. Um and I mean the good news is you don't let the fears and the doubts and the obstacles get in your way. That's uh that's a that's 
a big difference that I see. So well, that's yeah. a, it's a great quote. And I, you know, I made fun of it a little bit, but <laughs> it's like, it's a great quote because it's, it is all about keeping that dream alive. So yeah, that's awesome. Without, without it, there's no real like oomph to draw into when you want to push up forward and it gets very hard. So now let's start, hop on a time machine a little bit. So it started all on the, in the projects. That's where I grew up. It was nine of us in a two bedroom. My mother, she suffered from mental health issues. So me and her never got along. I just knew from a kid that she wasn't the mom that I needed or wanted her to be. You and knew that as awesome. a kid? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> a very unfortunate to know, but. Yeah, no, that's. Being that's a curious true. kid, you ask a lot of questions and you think about a lot of things and answers start to get formed earlier on then. And so it's like, I, I just knew she wasn't the mom I needed her or wanted her to be. And so for my dad, he was very absent in my life as well. He wasn't around. So almost a couple of years back ago, we finally reconnected. You were about to ask something. I apologize. No, that it's all, it's all good. When you said projects, what like they're all over the country. Where did you grow up? Yeah. So I grew up in Connecticut, born and raised. I'm still here okay. in Connecticut. So I'm not in Compton. I'm not in Chicago, right? <laughs> I'm very fortunate. So it's not. There's levels to projects. I'm not in those projects, but projects, nevertheless, like we still had to boil hot water sometimes on a stove just because we didn't have hot water running. Lights would go out, things like that. Roaches, yep. rats, all that jazz, you know, very, not the best living situation. On top of that, we we're jam packed in there. And so for me, the entrepreneur bug, I never had any entrepreneurs in my family. And it was something that I never had growing up early up. So the beauty of not having role models is that it teaches you how to be open-minded because you have no one to look forward to or no one to look to for advice, for guidance. And so for me, early on in my life, I would try to take the best of what I seen in one person and leave out whatever negative parts I didn't like. And I just did that for most people that came across my life. And that's how I kind of made sense of the world. I started to figure out more and more of like, what did I not want to be like? What did I not want to do? I had a very inverse way of thinking very early on. And so that alongside of me just living out my own life, it, you, I started to become this uh, melting pot of different thought processes, of different ideologies, of different ways of viewing the world, different perspectives. And then for me growing up, it was around maybe like eighth grade year, seventh grade year, where that curiosity really started to be cultivated. And we would have things like called philosophical chairs or Socratic. Yeah, yeah philosophical chairs, I think it was called, where it was like simple stuff. It was like, what's the best snack? Pizza or Doritos, I don't know, random stuff like that. And I would intentionally go on the side that had less people just so I could have a more fun time arguing or debating or trying to put myself in someone else's shoes, even though I like pizza better, right? I would go on a Doritos side because everybody on team pizza and I would go me against the world almost and take on the whole classroom by myself or just me and a couple other people just for the fun of it. And I love getting my building those perspectives. So that's where the curiosity came in. And somewhere along that journey, I realized that once you're of conscious age to make decisions, everything that happens in your life falls on you. And so knowing that, my entrepreneur bug still didn't kick in. But there was a quote that I love, and I didn't learn it at this time. I learned it recently. But there was a, a quote that says, when you're born, you look like your parents. When you die, you look like your choices. Wow. And I didn't learn that until early, later on in life. But I knew the thought process behind that earlier on in my life. And I decided that I wanted to be a product of my decisions, not my environment. And so I made decisions that would put me in good positions. I, I mean, I skipped a lot of classes, still passed through 3.5 GPA in high school, ended up getting into 13 colleges. Now, I fast forward the story a little bit. Now I'm in college. It's my freshman year. We're about to head into spring break. 
And the day before, me and a couple of my friends made a bet. It's like, you know, John, there's this pandemic thing going kind of crazy. Um, I don't think we're coming back after spring break. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And so two of my friends said, yeah. The other three said, like, no, we're not coming back. I didn't believe it. I was optimistic. I'm very hyper optimistic. And then we ended up not coming back. So boom, my entire college experience was wiped from me. And so during that fall of my sophomore year, that was my first full online semester. I ended up stumbling across Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then from there, I realized that there was another way of viewing the world that wasn't being taught in school, wasn't being taught in my environment, wasn't being taught at home. And me being the genuinely curious guy that I am, it's like, I got to get my hands on more of this stuff. Where can I find more of this stuff? So I started watching YouTube videos on double speed. I read it, started reading some more books. I started watching podcasts, listening to podcasts about like a $500 course on wholesaling for real estate. And then I filed my LLC. I was ready to get that going. And then an attorney was like, John, you can't do that in Connecticut. Uh, quick disclaimer, it varies state by state, but you could do it as a Connecticut at the time. She just so happened to be the professional. So in my eyes, so I was like, damn, my dreams are, my dreams are ruined. Then I got the idea to take my real estate class. And I was like, oh, I could just do that. So I ended up signing up for my real estate class, stopped showing up to my college classes, and I've never looked back since. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So your serial entrepreneurship has been mostly in real estate, right? To start off. To yeah. start off. There's, <laughs> okay. There's like um, two stages to the story. Okay. So stage one. Well, there's multiple stages. First of all, um, you choose curiosity, which is awesome. I love that you said that once you're at an age to uh, make decisions, that your your life basically is yours. The the decisions, the choices, what you end up with, um, that's all on you. And it's and it's true because so many people. You know, they look to the outside and it's like, well, they have it easy. Well, if only I could do that. Well, it, you know, they and it's like, well, what stops you? Right. And so I, I love, John, that you're you're at this place of you deliberately take on adversity in some ways, like you take the the opposite side um, just to see what it is, like you learn what it is. I have a TEDx out there and it's it's about parallax perspective, which is how do you look at things differently so that you can get a bigger picture? And it's based in curiosity. So I love all of what you've said so far. It's amazing. As I, you know, um prior to the show, I was uh I was telling John that that if I'm looking down, it's usually because I'm taking notes. And so if he sees me looking down, I'm not distracted, I'm taking notes. And John said, well, if all goes well, you'll be, you know, you and I won't be looking at each other at all during this thing because you'll be looking down, taking tons of notes. So uh, the truth is I've been I've been looking down, taking tons of notes. Um, and, uh, you know, we're a few minutes in and you've dropped tons of gems, which I, you know, I pause just to be able to have the audience reflect on some of what you've said. It's about choice. It's about if you don't have a role model, you find one or two or three. It's about when adversity hits, you stay optimistic. The pandemic, nobody knew what that meant back then when it first started. And you're like, yeah, we'll be back. But in the meantime, let me learn. And you launched in, you stumbled across something that, that sort of created a cascade of learning for you. Um, 
you started with rich dad, poor dad, you ended up going through real estate. I'm assuming you got through um, Napoleon Hill's work and Troward's work and Wallace Waddle's work and a lot of other success models out there, Jim Rohn, et cetera. As a sophomore, you were, that wasn't, that was like, what, that a couple was of years ago? 2021. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Place. Yeah. Yeah. So in two years, so, so a lot of times people go, wow, this guy's a success. And look at what happened overnight. Even looking at two years, it didn't just start two years ago, you were in this mindset of learning, acquiring, looking, sorting. By the way, uh, you said something else, and that was, um, it was, you learned what you didn't want. And I think that that's one of the, that's a, it's a huge key for people that a lot of times when I'm working with people, and I know you've seen this as well, people go, well, I don't really know what I want. It's like, that's awesome. We could start with let's quarantine what you know you don't want. If we put that in a corner, then the world is waiting for you. Right. So, so I think that's, I think that's cool. And I just wanted to circle back to that. So, oof. All right. So you formed an LLC in Connecticut. You, uh, you started buying real estate at 21. So I actually didn't purchase any real estate. The goal okay. was for wholesaling. What it is essentially is pretty much find a property someone wants to sell. Let's say you, Dr. Wayne, you want to sell your property for 100000 It's probably dis distressed. Or you have some situation where you have to inherit it and now you're not really dealing with some type of situation that's urgent. You really can't go on the market. don't want to go on the market. Someone like a wholesaler will come across and they would like, hey, I got a buyer for your property. So I connect you with end buyer. End buyer buys a property for 10000 110000 he buys a property, you sell the property, I keep the $10,000 difference. Everybody's a win-win. Investor guy is probably going to sell the property, fix it up, flip it or do something. So he's going to get his profits anyways, even though he's paying a little bit more than what you were looking for. You got the number that you wanted. Everyone wins when it's done ethically. And so for me, then um, around that time when I got my real estate license, well, I got started with the class. I was at K Jewelers and I was helping people buy engagement rings. right? And I was like, okay, so I already have this interest in real estate and I'm helping people buy these engagement rings. What if I help people with houses? And I was like, okay, I could do that. I could help people with houses because if they're happy with these little like a thousand, two, three thousand dollar purchases, imagine my, my my average price point in my area is like eight hundred thousand. So imagine something that big and I had how much of an impact that would make on someone's life. And then my game plan at the time, and I was literally on FaceTime with one of my guys telling him, like, in life, it's like we make plan, God laughs type of thing. And so nothing usually ever plays out the way it, it usually is drawn up. And right. so at that point in time, the way it was drawn up was, okay, I'm going to get my real estate license. I'm going to start selling a bunch of houses, use the money to invest in real estate, and then use the publicity, the credibility from being a top realtor to then get into public speaking and sharing my message. Because the end goal was always to find a way to get into public speaking. But it, it did not end up playing out that way. I was working like 70 hours between K Jewelers. I picked up a job at a restaurant and then also studying for my course. Ended up passing my real estate license test two weeks after I turned 20. And then from there, I was still working like 55 hours. So I really wasn't focused on real estate. But around four months after that, I ended up starting my podcast, which is like a whole nother story. And then 
that month that my first episode debuted, I was also asked to teach a social media class. And I never taught a class before on social media or marketing in general. And so then that month after I taught my social media class, and those are kind of like the little births of these other entrepreneurial endeavors that I had going on at the same time I was trying to figure out and juggle. I want to I ask you a little bit about the way you organize your thoughts. Yeah. Because, because you said, well, I always wanted to be a public speaker, right? So everything I did was leading to that. When it sort of seemed like everything you did was leading to you having a multi-million dollar business, right? So, so it's like, the, I mean, and the other thing that, that struck me is, well, I had this going on and I had that going on. And I, you know, I was working at a restaurant and I was working at a jewelry store and, and it's like, well, dang, like, did you have a life at all? You know? And, and so I want to ask you how you organize your thoughts, how you organize your day, how you organize your planning. Um, you know, because obviously you're not done yet, that being on podcasts, including mine and including the ones that that you have, because uh, you have your own podcast at this point, um, Walk to Wealth, if I can share that, it's the number two, Walk number two to Wealth, number, uh, so Walk to Wealth, like you're not done, right? So there's there's an end game until the next end game. You know, and I, I I think about it in terms of we climb this mountain, and when we get to the top, we're usually unfulfilled, and we're usually unfulfilled because the journey of getting to the top has changed us. We think, ta-da, I've made it to the top, I'm going to be set, and you get to the top, and you're like, dang, is that all there is, right? That's it. And and so you you start to look at, well, there are other mountains out there. So you're on your climb. You've gotten to the top. You've seen other mountains. You've gotten to the top. How do you organize your thoughts for where you're headed? And what are the other mountaintops that you're looking at right now? Like, where are you, where are you headed? Yeah, so I want to preface this by saying money was never the end goal. It was always message, the message I had. And once I had the epiphany of Rich Dad, Poor Dad and realizing that there was another way of viewing the world out there, I was like, I need to help other people know. And that stems from back in English, my 12th grade year, I had a English teacher that would go on random philosophical tangents. Like I'm talking cur- completely off curriculum. And we would just go into different philosophers. And one of the t- philosophers we had ended up studying was Plato. Now in Plato's Allegory of the Cave, he talks about the duty of the enlightened is to enlighten the unenlightened. And that is what I made my core philosophy at 12th grade. Before I had my little entrepreneurial epiphany, I was like... I'm, I'm going to adopt this into my life and I'm going to live by it. And in my own words, as soon as you learn something, put somebody on, put everybody on, as many people as you can on. So it's like, I was just in this mindset. I was like, I just had to help spread this information. And once I've ever sat poor that, I was like, man, there's something here that's not being taught in school. That's not being taught anywhere else. I got to find a way to get this message out to more people. That's why I was always about the message, not the money. And for me, once I started getting into a lot of these things, it was like, okay, I'm learning all this stuff and I'm not on the journey, but that's what makes me so uniquely different and so uniquely qualified to teach on this stuff because 
so many people wait until their boat's already at sea to say, hey, come on. The waters aren't as rough as you think. It's like, I'm still in the process where we're still onboarding the boat. We're still loading up the cargo on the boat. We're still at the dock. And I want to reach other young people so that they can hop on board with me and know that I'm not, I'm just the arms reach away. I'm not multi-million dollar Lambo driving Ferrari, million dollar mansion guy with, you know, on Instagram trying to clickbait you into real. It's, I'm a human on this journey. It was nothing like this before. I learned something new and I'm on the pursuit of attaining it. And which segues perfectly what I'm about to say next, because most people realize and don't realize that there's a difference between a mission and a goal. A mission is something that transcends you. It's something that you will never be able to accomplish. So my mission statement for my life is to enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. And for me, no matter how many young people I reach out to, no matter how big this brand, this mission, what I've got going on gets, I will never be able to accomplish anyone, but I'll be able to strive for it. And that's how you stay alive, right? Because if we're not in motion, we're pretty much dead. And so it's like you have to be in continual pursuit, but also in continual gratitude for the journey, for the process. And a lot of people chase summits and realize that there's always going to be another one to chase after you reach the top, like you said, to go back to that mountain analogy. It's not being fixated on the on the summit per se, but knowing that the summit is just a check, a checkpoint, a milestone in your grander mission, your grander vision that you got going on and being okay knowing that you probably will never, ever accomplish it, but you're in pursuit of something that's so much bigger than you. And a lot of the greats, MLK, all these people like him and others that have lived before us and have come. It's like most of the time they didn't see the end goal that they were working so hard to face. I mean, to bring in, but they were, had this mission that was just bigger than him. And they know that they were called to advance it. Right. And so it's like being just okay with the fact that, Hey, but you may not ever get to where you're getting to, but you helped advance it. And it's a selfless way of going about life because knowing that the thing that you're working so hard, you may never ever see the the promised land, but still putting in the work so that the, those who come after you can have it better. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, growth, being in continual growth. Um, you didn't exactly say it that way. And yet that's, that's what you're talking about is, you know, the continuous pursuit. <laughs> Uh, the continuous, it's like you are, if you're not growing, you're dying, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about being in gratitude. How do you personally stay in a space of gratitude when you know you might not ever like reach your, like the mission, the end goal of the mission? How do you stay in gratitude? I stay, well, it's a little unfair for me. I'm in, I did a big five personality test. So I'm in the top percentile for optimism. So I'm just a naturally super positive person. But okay. Gratitude is the highest form of energy. There's no form of energy higher than gratitude. And gratitude, so I'm sure you're well-versed on the particular activating system and you know how it works. Our brains are like heat-seeking missiles. And when you program in your brain to get accustomed to searching for the good and along the way. There's people, if you're on a mission, someone will say, hey, your message really inspired me today. Boom, that's something to be grateful for. Or like, let's say you're driving past someone and they need a donation or change and you just spare, you know, a little whatever. But that's something to be grateful for because you had the opportunity to do that. 
let's say you're living and you go to the bathroom and you have to flush your toilet. You could be grateful for that because you can, I, I literally, when I went to the Dominican Republic, I had to get a bucket of water just to flush the toilet and pour the water into the toilet to flush because they didn't have plumbing in 2019. Like this is literally a couple of years ago before the pandemic, right? This is not 1920s, right? And having that perspective and broadening your horizon is so important because if all you know is what you know, for example, growing up in the projects, people from the outside, it's like, damn, John, you must have had it so hard. You know, you're with your mom and everything. But as a kid, all you know is what you know. And so if you are just brought up into something, you will never know what there, you know, what else is out there. So you'll just be accustomed to whatever you're living. That's why people in the poorest countries in the world are some of the most happiest people in the world because they're brought into that. That's also why they say the comparison is a thief of all joy, right? Because it's not until you start comparing to what others have, what others don't have, that you start feeling some type of way. And so it's like, for me, knowing that I'm on this mission, and of course, there's people that I'm going to help along the way, that's what keeps me going. Because I know it's it's not for nothing. And the the thank yous, the wow, Johns, the likes, the not the likes, vanity metrics don't count. I'm talking about likes in terms of like people that appreciate what I got going on, right? Not the vanity metrics likes and things like that. Those things just like, okay, that is just constant, pretty much what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, validation, not validation, because that's not- so what, It's affirmation. Affirmation, there we go. Affirmation that, okay, hey, the thing that I got going on, whatever it may be, is not for nothing. Right. It's great. It's great. Uh, perspective, broadening your horizons. Um, it's interesting because there's a line that that I use. You know what you know, and you're drawn toward the things you know, and you are also uh, willing to protect the things you know unless you're deliberate about pushing beyond it. And so your perspective of, I know there's more, I want to broaden my horizons. You deliberately travel, you deliberately know, like you seek uh, beyond knowing that there must be more. And I think that's a huge message that's, that's worth passing on as well, which is, you know, you could get stuck in, in your own little cycle, in your own little world. And, um, and you'll defend it because that is what, you know, unless you step into a belief of, I know there's more. And I, I think that's cool. I, you know, it's like that, that sings my song. So, uh, you know, it's like, I love that. love that. And it's, it's another thing too, where it's like, you realize as the more you learn, the more you realize, understand how much you actually don't know because there's there's so much more to learn. See, that's Socrates, right? I know that I do not know. So you quoted Plato. Now it's like Socrates said, right? I know that I do not know. Uh, and and that's that's huge. That's a that's a big one. So, right, to recognize, yeah, there's a lot I don't know. And for you, that propels you to want to learn more versus um, there are others that are like, well, you know, there's so much I don't know. And I'll never learn it. And it's defeatist versus there's so much I don't know. Let's go explore. How fun is that? Right. So it's like, that's awesome. That's really great.
You are listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell. You know you are bigger than the life you are leading. It really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. When I when I stop and kind of go through this, it's it's to emphasize some of the points that you've made, and I want to make sure that the audience you know, the listening or viewing gets a chance to sort of pause and go, oh, uh, that makes sense to me. Like I could actually live that way too. And um, and it's not like you're saying everybody should follow your path and become a real estate wholesaler. You're saying there's a path out there. There is more out there. Um I'll turn it back to you because there is there's yeah. more like there's more part so, two or three of your story. Yeah. So the first part of my story, really, that was the epiphany, right? That was epiphany number one. Epiphany yeah. number two, I realized that real estate actually wasn't the thing that I was going to be doing. It's figuring out that these little mini missions that you go on along the way, it's kind of like a big RPG game. <laughs> you go on these little side quests. I love but they're that. all to kind of get to the, the final boss, right? It's all you have to go on these little side quests to get experience, to get XP, to get coins or whatever, maybe to level your character up, buy more skills, upgrade your skills, etc. So real estate for me, that was a side quest, but it helped me learn a lot and get connected with people who are growth minded, who want more in life and networking with some of these people who are making more money than most people could count. It's like, oh my goodness, like this is, there's, these people like think like super big, like bigger than big, right? It's like you say you want to make a million dollars a year. They're trying to make a hundred million a year. And it's like, and not, as I said, it's not in a comparison way, but to show you that there's no bounds to where we can take it. And that every ceiling that we've built and that we, that we have, that we have to break through, we're also built by our own hands, which is the hardest thing I feel like to come to terms with because it's like, well, the thing that I have to break through was built by me. And it's like, once you realize that if you just stop building your own ceilings, you may not have wanted to, you may have been through indoctrination. It may have been through a trauma you suffered. It may have been through a tough environment, or harsh upbringing. There's so many factors that play into it, right? But the, all these ceilings that we have, that we have to break through are built by our very own hands. And there is no bounds, no ceilings to where we could take any of this stuff, which is why I stay so optimistic, which is why I stay so grateful, which is why I, I, I look for the opportunities. And for me, my plan originally, if you were to have this conversation with me last year, I would have told you I'm a top real estate agent. I'm selling houses left and right, rookie of the year. And around September, I started realizing like real estate wasn't going for me. I'd done three rentals despite me being super energetic, very intelligent, very hardworking, willing to go after it and get myself out there. And nothing was playing out the way I wanted to play out. And I read this book called The Purpose Factor. And that book pretty much it really broke down a lot of things in a way that I've never heard them before. Like one of my favorite quotes from that book is you can be climbing the ladder of success 
and then get to the top of the ladder and realize it was up against the wrong house. And it's like quotes like that just hit me. So it's like, oh my goodness. I started doing, looking again, looking at some, like doing reflection. And at that point in time, I had already started teaching my social media classes. Like I have classes that I had over 400 people sign up for my class, 200 people live on Zooms. And also at that time, I was doing my podcast still and my podcast numbers, like my classes were all free, right? And then around that time after I read that book, I was like, all right, okay, let me try this social media thing out. I was going to offer content creation services for realtors. Boom, that was going to be it. After my very first client, I realized that I already create content for myself. Doing it for other people was a drag. So that a great idea that I had, I had to scrap it up. And also during that time period, my podcast numbers were going down month month after month. Despite me, I thought I was getting better. I thought I was becoming a better interviewer and my numbers weren't reflecting that at all. So I was like, okay, what's going on here? So the real estate, not selling any houses, the social media thing, I had to scrap that idea of. The podcast, which I really love to do, was pretty much not working out at all. And then I was still working at the restaurant despite me wanting to leave there February of last year. And so it's like, well, this plan that I drew up definitely wasn't the plan that I thought I was going to you know, play out the way it was. And one thing I realized is that procrastination could be your best friend if you allow it to be. A lot of times people procrastinate because things are hard, because it might be scary, because people may not want to do whatever it is that they want, that they need to do or supposed to do. But sometimes you're procrastinating because what you're doing is not in alignment with what you're called to do. And I was doing all these things that was distracting me from that path. I had all these different things and I was trying to make sense of it all. Why am I not successful yet? Why is it not working out? Why am I not making progress? And it's not one of those things where you plant a seed and then you have to wait for it to grow. Like, no, I, I, it would have grown by then. I was putting in work, but none of it was focused. And so I was like, okay, I got all these phone calls of opportunities ringing and I'm trying to have a five-way conversation with everybody that's calling at the same time and realizing that I couldn't build Rome in a day and the Great Wall of China and the Leaning Tower of Pisa all at one time. And then it just hit me. I was on this phone call with someone for an accelerator program that I almost joined. And he was like, John, you can't keep expecting full-time results from part-time efforts. When there's people out there giving it their all for this one thing that you're looking for success for, and you're doing it half-assed at all these different things. And I was like, you're right. And so from that then on, I was like, the podcast is what I need to do because that's the best way for me to spread my message right now. And so the vehicle might change of how I pursue my mission and carry out my mission, right? In the future, it may be a book. In the future, it may be a conference. It may be a summit, maybe coaching, whatever it may be. But for the time being, the podcasting was it. That was the thing that I was supposed to be doing. I was procrastinating all along. And despite me procrastinating with real estate, despite me procrastinating with the social media stuff, I was still dropping weekly episodes. My downloads weren't going up, but I was showing up. I was just doing part-time effort. And so I was like, all right, I got to go all in. And since then, the the snowball started to start rolling a little bit and it's been catching some steam. Uh, amazing, amazing. Um, <clears throat> I love that. Uh, I love so much about what you've been saying. Um, and I love the idea of procrastination being a clue about alignment that, um, you know, it's just, it's so easy to go, well, there's so much to do. I don't know where to start, so I'm not going to do any of it. I'll just put it off until a deadline comes and then I'll work my tail off in order to make sure that we beat the deadline. And 
And that works for a lot of people. There are a lot of people that need that. That's awesome. They're deadline driven. Um, they love what they do and they put it off because they're ruminating. There are the other types that you were talking about, which is they don't love what they do. They're out of alignment. They put stuff off because it's just painful. Right. And that's, that's life pain. So, um, I I really love hearing that perspective. That procrastination could well be a clue uh, that you're that you're living your life out of alignment. So what is it that you really want? I also like the don't half-ass it uh, kind of comment. Um, I had a mentor tell me, "Look, pick a horse and ride it. Like you can't be riding all these horses all at once. Pick one and ride it. Pick a horse and ride it. And if if that's not the horse for you, pick a different one." But at least test it out. See if that's the one, right? So again, back to alignment, um, which I which I also love. And then um, the vehicle might change, right? So pick a horse and ride it. The vehicle might change for you. Uh, book, podcasting, speaking, real estate. It's like you could be doing a bunch of things all at once, focused on a particular outcome. Um, and the that would work if you devote a certain amount of time toward this outcome. Um, the vehicle toward that outcome may change and it may rotate for you throughout the week. Like I've and that was one of the reasons why I asked you how you organize kind of your thinking and your life, because um, you know, my life is kind of is kind of uh exciting now, right? I'm doing speaking, I'm doing coaching, I'm doing podcasting. I'm doing blogging, uh, I'm writing books, I'm writing curriculum for a course that I'm going to be rolling out later this year. Um, all of it is toward an elevation of message. And so the vehicle changes day by day, but it's not, um, for me, it's not like I only need to write a book, I only need to be speaking. Um, and so because I love all of them. The horse that I'm on is about the message that I'm creating, not about like, I could teach uh, hope, and I could teach communication, and I could teach excellence. Like, right now, it's a leadership package. It's a it's an excellence in leadership package. And that's, that's huge. And so for you, I think you have various vehicles. Um, and I think your message has become aligned, which is why your vehicles are now, uh, sort of lining up for you and you're seeing those opportunities open. Yeah. It's one of those things where you, there's this Venn diagram where it shows like what, what it is that there's all to know, what it is that there's all to do. <laughs> and I forget the last one I blanked. Oh my goodness. But there's three circles. I forget, I forget the third one. What's the overlap? The overlap is where you are going, "Ah, I'll do what I know. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And you can expand. Again, there's because there's only so much time, right? No matter how much time you have, you know, had, you can never learn everything that there is to learn. You can never do everything that is to to do. Right. You can never. And so it's like understanding that the time that we have is finite. And it's like, how do we get to that and going for right now, the stage of life that I'm in right now, at least that I was in really last year is just putting tools in the tool belt, right? Putting tools in the tool belt. If you want to become a master craftsman, you want to build this amazing house, this amazing message, whatever it may be, you're going to need tools. 
right? And so right now I'm in a stage of my life where I'm, I'm getting my tools, I'm getting my hands dirty, I'm figuring stuff out, I'm testing things out, I'm testing the waters, I'm going all in and trying to figure it out as I, it's almost like, I love to use this analogy because it, it paints a picture, but let's say you're driving on the freeway, right? It's a very cloudy night, it's raining, there's a storm outside, it's super foggy. You could probably only see maybe, what, 5, 10, 15 feet away if you have the high beams on. It's, it's super hard to see any further than that, right? So what do you do to get to where you want to get to? You just drive 5, 10, 15 feet. You only drive as far as you could see, and then you could see a little bit further. Keep on keeping on. Eventually, once the storm clears, the horizons clear up. Now you could see the sunset all the way off in the, in the horizon. You could see everything. Then everything becomes clear. But if you kept, if you didn't keep on driving, you would have never made it to the point where the storm finally cleared. And there's a good message where this one guy, he was in a mission, I think in Afghanistan, I forget where it was, in some war, and his team was killed. His whole team was wiped out except for him. He was in critical condition. And what he did was he drew a line in the sand. And he was like, all right, I just got to make it past this line. And then he would draw another line. And then he's like, I, I got to make it past this line. He ended up doing that for... I think almost close to 10 miles and ended up making it to a village. He didn't know where he was going to end up. He's in the middle of foreign territory, enemy lands. He could have much well ended up in some enemy hut and pretty much just tortured to death. He was already in critical. But knowing that he just had an inch further and that it will clear up eventually ended up working out and he ended up getting saved. He was the only person on his team to survive because he didn't sit there and allow himself to die because he didn't know where he was going to go or how it was going to play out. He just knew that he just had to go a little bit further, inches away along. I think, you know, that's a, it's a message for everybody. It's like the high beams. You, you go as far as you can see with the knowledge that the storm doesn't last forever, right? It's like the fog will clear. It's not, it's not foggy around the world. It's only foggy right where you are. Awesome. So at some point the fog lifts and you can see further, Um, The idea of putting tools in your tool belt is part of what we talked about earlier, which is you keep growing, you keep learning things and you keep growing. And, you know, I'm just a little bit older than you are. Um, (laughs) And I will say this past decade has been a decade of incredible growth for me, personal and professional, because I got really clear on uh, who I am and what my mission is and knowing now looking back and going, well, everything I've done up to this point was putting tools in my tool belt was getting me to the point of, uh, pulling stuff away so I could see my purpose. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of supposed tos along the way, you know, and, um, you, in your 20s, typically, it's about look what I could do. And you are building and you are putting things in your tool belt and you are expanding, which is awesome. And in your 30s, it's usually a little bit about, wow, let's see how stable I can get. Like, my life is changing. I want stability, partner, maybe uh, home to call home, or a place to just say, look, my backpack's my home, the world is my home. But you get you get this stability, kind of a, a pace of stability. In your 40s, you start to look at legacy. And I mean, the good news for you is that you've you've seen the horizon already. So even at 21, you're looking at what legacy can I build for 
myself. And, you know, you're not, you're not looking at a legacy that you can leave to children yet, but maybe what legacy you're building because of the lives you're touching, which is amazing. So I think that's awesome. And in your fifties and sixties, you start to look at weaving all that together and putting that into health and adventure and I've earned it and, and all that stuff. You're in a place where it's like, I'm growing, I'm putting tools in my tool belt. And what I wanted to say from my perspective is that never stops unless you stop it. Mm. And when you stop putting tools in your tool belt, because look, two years ago, chat GPT was just a thought. <laughs> it was right. So that kind of like AI was like, oh no, AI is coming. This is a scary thing. And people still think it's a scary thing. It is it is the future and it's what we do with it that makes a difference. Um, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, computers were the scary thing because, oh my gosh, everybody's going to have one and we're going to only learn to talk to computers. They've enhanced our lives. Um, our job was to, our job as humans was to learn to use the technology that's there. And so, you know, podcasts weren't a thing, right? So, so it's like, what, uh, what tools are you learning? And even like a day or two ago, you were like, Hey, I just, I just, uh, invested in my studio. Isn't this cool? And it's like, right. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that you just, you put in new lights and a new mic and yeah. new, like, like, so you're like the tools are real tools and the tools that uh, are also uh, theoretical because you're learning how to learn, you're learning how to, how to advance yourself in the world. So I just, all of that is to say that never stops, which is a good thing mm -hmm. and give yourself grace for that. Like for those of you that aren't 21 as in the audience that are, you know, a decade or two or three or four, older than that, um, give yourself some grace to recognize that you will keep learning if you allow yourself to keep learning. And that is part of what life is about. Like keep putting those tools in your tool belt. So this is, this is cool. This is very cool. Um, just to, to see you on this, uh, I would say it's on a climb, but it's actually on a wild ride. It's like, this is mm -hmm. awesome because you are going to touch, you're going to touch millions and millions of lives. And uh spark you know the idea that more is possible um and i love the ultimate message which is you know it, it, it it's a it it's it's in your hands right zig ziglar used to say do you know his saying yeah i, I mean, i'm not sure if you're gonna do it with the help enough people get what they want a quote or another one but the, I, the, I know, the I other one he, the other one he used to say if it is to be right if it is to be it will be me it's up to me. That's right. And so, uh, so it's like, if you want to make something, you know, he also used to say, I'll see you at the top. Um, so, so, but you gotta, you've got to want to create something like the whole thing about manifestation. You've got to want to create something and then you've got to take the action and open to the opportunity to actually create it. So, um, and, and you're a living example of all of that, which is cool. So what's next for you? Where are you headed? Yeah, next so, phase. <laughs> so pretty much my next phase right now really is 
to turn this podcast into a movement. I don't want it to be a weekly episode. That's, as I said, we build our own ceilings. I, I don't want to let my limit myself to just be in someone's earbuds. Like, I want it to be a, a massive movement. Like, hey, I'm a wealth builder. Like, growing up inner city, you see so many people that don't want to take the traditional route. And for those people who are crazy enough to not want to take the traditional route, right? There's no problem with being crazy, right? It just means that they don't understand the world the way we do, right? And so like entrepreneurs are very small percentage of people to begin with, people who are willing to take that risk. And for those that are at this early on, it's even a little bit more, I mean, is it more risky? One may say because you're, you know, setting up, you're, you're pretty much choosing to set your own thing up versus taking something that may be a little more stable, but then arises the question of what is stability? What is security? Those questions always rise. Is it working at a- I have another question that that goes with that, which is what is the cost? What's the cost of security, right? Because you trade 40 years of your life for doing a job, a J-O-B job. You trade 40 years of your life. You've had a stable life, but have you lived? Right? Have you really lived? And, and and so what's the cost, right? And uh, yeah, another quote before I get back to what I was saying, it's so many people say, you know, oh, I would die for this, what I got going on right now. And I've been coming to the realization that dying, well, someone, I said, her, someone said it somewhere like dying is easy. There's nothing honorable about dying because even if you didn't try, you're going to end up dead anyways. Yeah. So it's like, what are you living for? A lot of people right now are just breathing. They're just in the day-to-day. They're just on autopilot. They're on the conveyor belt of life, right? Go to school, get a job, eventually pass away, right? Retire, pass away. And not a lot of people are actually living. Then arises even more questions. And you could pretty much get in your whole head and wrapped up. So I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds of that, but like find something that's worth living for. And like for me, this message that I am crafting and figuring out as I'm along my journey is something that just puts so much energy into me. I could be half dead, half asleep, tired, running on uh, like E. And I hop on a, a podcast. I hop to speak to somebody and it's like, how's it going? My eyes light up. It's just another fire spike with me and realizing that your gas tank is only but so big. But the gas tank, for a lot of people say the universe for me, God, right? The gas tank, when you tap into that, is infinite. It's endless because it, it's not coming from you. It's, it transcends you. Back to what I said a mission earlier. It transcends you. When you find that thing that transcends you, when you find that, that thing that's just so much bigger than you, that's bigger than life, that's when you can just go on and just do these things, things that most people think are impossible, things that people think are crazy. People are thinking that are insane. Like Those things become almost natural. It just becomes a byproduct of you tapping into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> just the, the, the idea of, um, you know, you, the, the gas tank and tapping into what some people call source, you know, it's God force, it's source, it's spirit, it's whatever it is, something bigger than you. I think that's, that's huge. Um, you know, uh, I, one of the things that I teach is you can't give what you don't have. And so if you're running on fumes, you know, if you've let your own gas tank get so low, you won't be able to show up and go, 
yay, you know, I'm so glad to be here. It's like, you've got to take time to rejuvenate. You've got to take time to step back, take inventory of your own life, heal, rest, all those things so that you can come back refreshed. The other part of you can't give what you don't have is how can you give up here? How can you give at a higher level if you've only been living your life at this lower level? which means you have to open to there is something bigger. There is something more. There is something I need to grow myself in order to serve more greatly. And um, that has been a part of your life. That's, you know, it's like you are deliberate about growing yourself, which is amazing. It's amazing. Let me ask you this. What would you like to share? What didn't I ask you? Um, you know, what would you like to share with our listeners? and? How might they find you and um, help you turn the podcast into a uh, help you turn it into the movement that you want it to be? Yeah. So uh, first, thank you so much, Dr. Wayne. I genuinely enjoyed this conversation. I'll try to make this last final point not as long winded. But for anyone, we, we talked about, you know, purpose, mission, these bigger, grandiose ideas. A lot of people sort of shy away from because as I said some of these open-ended questions will lead you down a rabbit hole and you could end up spending a lot of time so I'll break it down for you the quick and dirty simple way to get some type of alignment to find a sense of purpose and I got this from a Japanese concept called Ikigai it stands Ikigai. for yeah. I, yeah. I love it I love and it. stands for your reason for being right so it's pretty much the four steps of finding your reason for being I mentioned another Venn diagram this is also a Venn diagram. It's four circles instead of three. All right. So this one is, what do you love to do? What would you do for the rest of your life if no one paid you a single penny? Then it's, what does the world need? Find all the problems you feel compelled to solve, right? List out all of them. But if you're someone like me that has a more inverse way of viewing the world and thinking, start with all the things that you're annoyed by, right? Someone didn't want to wait in line at the grocery store and boom, we have self-checkout right? Start with the things that bother you or annoy you if you can't, if you don't know what you want, like we mentioned earlier in this conversation. The third step is find something that can reward you. A lot of times charity and volunteer work fulfill us, but we still have to put food on the table. We still have to keep the lights on. And so finding a way that you can be rewarded for, you're going to make sure that you can keep on uh, doing what you love, enjoy doing and what you're called to do. And then the last step, it's what are you good at? But I like to say, what do you have the aptitude to be good at? Because the fish is always the last one to realize it's in water. And usually sometimes the things that come second nature to you can't be realized by you because it comes so naturally. It comes so easily. Sometimes you may need someone to tell you like, hey, John, you're pretty good at this. Or, hey, Dr. Wayne, you're an amazing author. Right. And then it's like, oh, I am. Maybe I should take this a little more seriously. And sometimes the skills that we have and the talents that we have haven't been cultivated. Right. So it's like, what do you have the aptitude to be good at? And when you have something that intersects all four circles, you have found your reason for being. If you found that valuable and you want to join the movement, you can check me out at www.walkthenumber2wealth.com. We drop episodes twice a week on the topics of personal finance, mindset, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. And it's really all about, you know, the journey to wealth is a long walk, right? And some may walk faster than others. But what good is sprinting to the finish line if you pass out when you cross it? Well said. All right. John Mendez. John, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I really appreciate that. You've um, it, you've offered quite a lot. 
you pushed quite a lot and um we covered quite a lot in a <laughs> very fast hour together so thank you so much there's so much more to share to know and um you know i will uh the in the show notes will have the link i will say it again walk the number two wealth.com walk to wealth.com is where you'll find john and uh amazing amazing thank you for being here john it was a pleasure man thank you for having me on really great really great all right well this is one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most i'm your host Dr. P. My guest has been John Mendez. Uh, as your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach. And I will see you here next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach and your powerful presence mentor.